Good morning. And, man, didn't it kind of get you? Wow. Just life crazy. Well, this morning we're going to talk about ready to do battle. Uh, this is one of those topics that uh, every time I've ever preached about spiritual warfare, coming against our adversary, things usually kind of shake up around here. And uh, you'll see that things have shaken up around here. It just happens in the last three messages I've been preaching. God's been just uh, teaching me as I'm leading you. And uh, it's just been really a cool rhythm of grace. And uh, so on Monday of this week, I told our elders, I said, hey, I'm preaching on warfare next weekend. Just hold on, man. It's going to be an amazing ride. And God has delivered that. So we want you to breathe deep to inhale the Spirit of God, to inhale the grace of Jesus. And to express your sins and transgressions to the Lord. There is an invisible battle going on right now on the way over here this morning. Out in our parking lot in this room right now, there's great warfare. There's angels and demons that are getting after it. And the Lord Jesus stands victorious over all of it. And sometimes that battle can just intensify and really just kind of suck the life out of you. And it's good to know that in advance. As a matter of fact, I would say this morning that 99%, maybe all of you, struggle with something. We are just made that way. We're just fellow strugglers. And this morning, I don't know what you're struggling with, but there's something that you have just uh, allowed an entry point. There's been, you're held hostage. There's a, a stronghold. There's something that's just holding you back from freedom. Uh, and this morning, I'm praying somehow by the Spirit of God that you will choose to identify, to deal with that, to release it to Jesus and walk out of here free and clean. And, and I, want, I just want to jump into the message, Truth. The enemy force is one of destruction. And uh, you know, when I think about that, let's just think about that. It, it's one of destruction, of devastation. I mean, our adversary comes to just annihilate us. But the spirit force, it is one of redemption. So there's a conflict. There's destruction. There's redemption. And somehow we live in the middle of those two worlds and we camp out in destruction or we camp out in redemption. I know right here a lot I say, man, what is the redemptive act? What is the redemptive manner here that somehow we can walk in? Because that's always been God's heart. But our adversary is the ruler of the kingdom of the air. He prowls around in here and around your life. And he prowls around looking for one that he may devour. But sometimes and somehow as a Christ follower, and that's for you that name Jesus as Lord and Savior, you have to learn to resist, to push back from the devil, from the schemes of the devil. And to somehow advance, to, to move forward, to get the ball downfield and be victorious. Because I printed earlier, and I'm going to talk about it. We're overcomers, church. We're overcomers in Jesus Christ. Let's thank God that we're overcomers. Amen? We're overcomers. We're not defeated. I don't think you're convinced yet. Okay. Well, the devil is extremely crafty. His tactics are clever at best. I think he's kind of dumb, too. He continues to use the same ones, but maybe he's not too dumb. They keep working because we keep falling for those same temptations and sin patterns. But I want you to know this. Satan is highly organized, and he has a structure. And that structure is to dominate, to destroy, to devastate a church, to destroy lives to wreck marriage covenants, to wreck families. I mean, I deal with this week in and week out. I see the power. So here's the deal. We don't want to be ignorant of the devil's workings and to the schemes of the dark one because the Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren. 
He accuses us. He's the prince of the world. He's the ruler of darkness. There's nothing good, not one thing in him. But Satan looks for points of entry. So I want you to get ready to write. Take out your pen and begin to write this on your notes here this morning. These points of entrance, these points that somehow can come in and have a way. It's disappointments of the past. We all have disappointments. We've been disappointed by a situation, a relationship, a family, our situation in life. I don't know what it is, but just disappointments tend to kind of rain down in life. And maybe it's a memory of the past where you were scarred and you haven't healed there. So every time that you think you begin to get traction and make progress, the devil comes and he attacks that scarred, that place. It's like a scab. I've even seen people that have had a scab. They're... Tends, there seems to be a resemblance of healing. Maybe there is healing. And the devil will come and he picks that scab off. I know it's kind of gross, but you know when you have a, a, a wound and you pick the scab over and over, it gets scarred and it gets gross. Well, that's what the devil does. There's disappointments. Here's the second one. There's discoveries that you identify with of hurt and rejection in your life. Just hurt. Rejection. You've been rejected by someone. Some would even say they've been rejected by God, but you haven't been. He has a future. He has a hope. He has a destiny. He's pretty crazy about you today. But that discovery of that past hurt or rejection causes pain in your soul. The third one is death or other tragedies. An accident left you somehow paralyzed or hurt or wounded or cast aside. And and God wants more. He wants you to come past that. But for some reason, as humans... We will nurse and we will hold on to the pain. Uh, there are people that have lost loved ones in the past or they, or something horrific, tragic has happened in their life and they still nurse and hold on to that. And the devil knows if I just keep attacking that failure, that accident, that death, that situation, I'll have them. I'll paralyze them. And the fourth one is this, divorce or other orders of family division, separation. Something that he just comes back and, and I hear it all the time. I hear, I hear kids say, it's my fault that mom and dad got divorced. And I want to say, it is not. It is not your fault. And the house of God said, I'm tired. That is a lie that has been propagated from the pit of hell. Or, or they blame themselves. And it does take two to tango. I'm not saying that one partner is, is messed up and the other one, because it, it takes two of you. But then there's a lot of, uh, uh, immorality and sin and people stepping out and cheating on one another and some of those pains and those strongholds and they're tough but in that situation satan knows there's insecurity so what does he do he just keeps calling it out he keeps calling that number and, and it works i mean it's it's an entry place and you know i know around the church i've often thought god don't give us a side door or a side window open that satan may come in last night i met with the elders we had a meeting after i'd been gone for the weekend with the leadership thing and uh it was a marvelous time of unity and, and oneness. And, and we want to make sure that we don't have an entry point into the church. And I'm asking you to make sure you don't bring stuff that you're an entry point. But it says 2 Timothy, forgive me, the, the note is wrong there. It's 1 Timothy 6.12. I do know my Bible, but somehow I didn't catch it when it got printed. And I, and, but I praise God. There are people today that have come to me, Pastor, there's not six chapters in 2 Timothy. We just wanted you to know. I love that. Bless the Lamb. What would have really scared me is if nobody would have said anything all day, and then I would have gone, there ain't six chapters in 2 Timothy. So go ahead and mark it now. Don't come to me after the service and go, did you know there's an error in the worship guide? I do know there's an error in there. I just called it out. 1 Timothy 6.12. And here's the words that he says. Fight the good fight of faith. 
Have you ever been in a fight? No. Well, yes. And I have. I remember the last fight I had was in junior high. Now I tussled and threatened some people in high school, and then I came to know Christ, and I gave up fighting. So at least for the last 32 years, I hadn't even thought about fighting. But I, I remember in junior high, me and a buddy were standing there getting ready to get a ride to school one morning, and we had some words with one another. The last thing I knew was when he decked me really hard. And I rose up off the ground, and we kind of got after it. And so that was kind of a, So, you know, I was trying to advance. He was trying to advance, but fighting. But I want to talk to you about the spiritual fight. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, you have an adversary, and he's got your number. And you have to fight. You have to endure. You have to press in. You have to press on to know God in his fullness. But it's a fight. There's a war going on for your soul. Do you know that, church? Do you know that body of Christ? There's a war. Some of you are like, man, I thought it was a picnic. It is not a picnic. It's fierce. It wounds paralyzes it hinders it holds people back from reaching their god potential so it's not bad news there's good news we can overcome we somehow can advance we don't have to retreat we'll talk about let me just give you some things here marriage is crumbling covenants uh, falling out relationships going south something it doesn't matter what but satan will use anything he can to sideline to disqualify you so i want to look at 15 darts Fifteen darts this morning that Satan may aim at your life or your ministry or both. Let's look at the first one. Discouragement. I found he's pretty effective in that one. If he can just discourage you, you, you probably won't do much. Or you might do, do anything. You, you just go home. You quit. Then he's been a winner. The second one is failure. Just failure. You, you, you failed or you failed time and time. But I don't have a problem with failure. If you failure, you're doing something. Just fail forward. Just fail. Try again. Here's the third one, illness. Oh, man. I talk to people all the time, and illnesses just tend to come back to their home over and over. And Satan attacks the home. He attacks college students. He attacks adults. He attacks couples. He just attacks. I mean, it's almost like there's a spirit of illness over home sometimes in our church. And like oh, this past year, I've talked to some families, and they just got sick, and they just got sick, and they just got sick. And then they just transferred slobber and drinks after one another. And they stayed sick. And I'm like, man, there's affirmity in that house. So illness. Here's the fourth one, compromise. Satan looks for you to compromise your integrity, your values, you honor your walk, and he wins. Ridicule. Man, ridicule's a good one. Man, you get ridiculed and you just quit. And he goes, if I just get somebody to ridicule them or come against them, they, they, won't, they won't have a voice for God. They won't say anything. The other one's opposition. When you're a Christ follower, you have spiritual opposition. You have great forces of darkness, and sometimes even in the church, but there's opposition that, that comes against us, so we, we need to deal with opposition. Here's rumors. Sometimes people just make up stuff or they spread malicious lies or they spread stuff against one another. And these rumors hurt. Distractions. Oh, Satan's good at that. People will find distractions and, and, and they'll orientate themselves over to the side and, and they won't get the fullness of God. And they're distracted by the enemy or they're distracted by things that he poses and makes it look good. Temptations. Oh, my goodness. Have you been tempted lately? <laughs> Have you been tempted lately? Hello, it's not rhetorical. Have you been tempted lately? Yeah. Like, man, those are horrible. Those keep me back. Here's one, deceptions. You just get deceived and, and you don't believe. Did God really say? Does Scripture really reveal that? Is that really God's will? I know he said it, but did he really mean it? Yeah, he meant it. Here's one. It's critical. Fatigue. 
Vince Lombardi, I think, once said that fatigue will make cowards of us all. And when we get tired, I know in my life I'm high energy, high octane, high driven, but I get tired. And, and I gotta tell you, I'm preaching my heart out. I know there's a supernatural anointing, and that's what's been carrying me all morning. But physically, I, I'm, I'm worn out right now. And I know if I'm not careful, fatigue will eat my lunch, but it'll eat yours too. Some of you don't even have high energy, so you get fatigued when you get up in the morning. You're ready to go back to sleep and take another nap. I, I really don't get that one. But when you push and you don't, like last night, I, we'd had this leadership retreat, so we'd been gone all weekend, and we had meetings, and I was studying the Word of God, and this morning God said, you got to get back up again. I'm preaching about warfare. Why would I not get attacked? And do you know, I've been studying the Scriptures all week, and I've been looking and pouring over. And finally on this morning, I kicked the devil out of my car big time on the way to church. I was sick and tired of having enough of him. You know what I'm saying? And I realized it's warfare. You think he's going to come here and let me proclaim a message like this? I'm talking about him. I'm calling him out. You know what I'm saying? When you call the devil out, he's going to come after you. Well, then let's don't talk about him. Let's don't rile him up. He's riled up ever since what Jesus told him at the end of the book, what he's going to do to him. You know what I'm saying? This is his best day is to give the church havoc. Let me, I could preach on that. I got to go on. Okay, so fatigue, fear. Fear is an entry point. Man, fear controls people in this room. Division. Man, divisiveness. You just begin to drift on. Materialism and worthlessness. Man, I'm worthless. Who told you you're worthless? Jesus said you're his workmanship. You're a wonderful masterpiece of God. Well, I know Jesus said that, but the devil tells me I'm worthless. Well, hello? Who are you going to believe, Jesus or the devil? You're not worthless. If you believe you're worthless, you're debilitated. You're shrinking back. You're moving. Let's fill in the blank. Acknowledge the adversary. Let's acknowledge that we have an adversary. He's the prince of the world. And if you are a Christ follower, Jesus Christ, Colossians says, is the hope of glory. If the hope of Christ, the hope of glory fills your heart today, you definitely have an adversary. And it's not to make your day good. It's not to try to make things easier for you. It's to make it more difficult. So acknowledge he's, he's a sinister. He, he, he comes after us. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The realization is he could care less about you. He wants to block you. He wants to nullify. He wants to block the witness of the church. He's doing a pretty good job some places. See, uh, listen to 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. I love the word of God. Listen to what it says. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking somehow for someone to devour. But resist him and stand, stand firm in the faith, because that you know now that, brothers, throughout the world, you're undergoing these same kinds of sufferings. And let's just stop and look at this verse for a minute. Be self-controlled and alert. We have this adversary. He's coming after us. He could care less. He wants to destroy us. And then he says this word, stand firm. And I'm going to come back to that as I get into Ephesians. It's a powerful word. Stand firm. We sang this morning about standing firm. And I want you to feel this and, and accept my authority. Accept the authority of Christ. There has been a transfer of power in your life if you know Jesus Christ. You've been transferred from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of light in whom God loves. And in this transfer of power, there is power available, resurrection, life-giving power to overcome sin. And the church and the body of Christ believed it. And they said, amen, so be it. Yes, Lord. But somehow we'll buy into it and we'll go, I don't know about this transfer of power. It really hasn't come to my life. It has if you're in Christ. 
Acknowledge it. Receive it. it there's power. And in Ephesians, look there in Ephesians 6. This is the main passage today. Ephesians 6.10. Look at the Word of God. This is great. Finally now, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Be strong in Jesus and in His power. It didn't say be strong in yourself. Be strong in your flesh. Be strong in your intellect. Be strong in your abilities. It didn't say any of that. It says be strong in who? The Lord. And in His mighty power. Oh God, may we get that into our spirit. Lord, somehow we're your ambassadors. You're making your appeal through us to the nations, to the world. Be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, says the Apostle Paul. And I'm just, I'm looking, just circle it there in your Bible. Strong. Be strong. Oh God, thank you for that word. Lord, begin to speak to us. And then I want you to feel this. Begin to put on the armor against the invasion. There's an invasion coming. There's an invasion that's here. And it's taken some captive. But be alert. Be self-controlled, as Peter tells us. Put on the full armor of God. Take your stand against the devil. But put on the full armor. Let me just tell you, some of you are naked. Not physically or literally. But you're spiritually naked. You came in here naked today. You're like, a matter of fact, if I retitled this message, I'd go, don't go naked. That's a little scary sight. That's a first church of naked people. It's running. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. The reality is we haven't clothed ourselves. The weather in Montgomery goes up and down, hot, cold. And, man, uh, yesterday, man, we, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about me, it's cold. So you layer up and you put on jackets and you, and you want to be warm. And somebody like, you know, some people are like, I ain't ever cold. But you, you, you put on the armor, you put on the clothes physically, and, and you didn't walk out of the house naked. Thank God. Thank you all for not coming here naked, okay? But how about spiritually? I always leave the house naked. You do? Spiritually? Well, that's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So today, I'm going to help you practically. Matter of fact, I had some college students that walked up to me just a few minutes ago, and they began to quote the message that I preached today and how they could utilize what I'm going to teach you. Man, that's some of the best teaching that I can do is when people actually can remember what I said and actually do it because I'm trying to give you counsel from God's Word. But I want you to look here in Ephesians 6. I want you to circle the word stand, verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Stand. He uses it four times. And then he jumps down there in verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything and to stand and stand firm then god forgot his vocabulary he just wanted to repeat himself he did not he's god he's trying to say i want you to stand not to fall but the devil has deceived so many and they just keep falling and they stay down so like the story i heard about the guy that he's out there playing football and he you know he got knocked down and he just laid down and said man I want, I want my mama Next guy, he goes, he got knocked down, he got up. He got knocked down, he got it up. Knocked down, he got, got up. And he says, I'm going home. Next guy, he got knocked down, got up. Knocked down, got up. Knocked down, got up. Just kept on 15 times, got knocked down and got up. So you got to kind of uh, um, be uh, really grateful for the guy. You really admire his ability to get back up. He said, coach, how was that? Isn't that what you wanted? No. He said, I'm looking for the guy that kept knocking you down. That's who I want. Well, you know what? The devil is the one that keeps knocking us down. We've got to rise up in faith. We've got to stand as the word. We get dressed. 
So this morning and every day, I pray that you dress yourself spiritually. And we'll learn quickly how. Look down in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 and 17. Listen to the word. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I want, to, I want to move into this. Aim the artillery. Fill it in. Aim the artillery. God gives you and I spiritual weapons, spiritual equipment. He gives us one offensive. That's the word. We'll, we'll hit, hit that. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, I want you to hear this. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are, they have divine power to demolish the strongholds. If you're a Christ follower, you have the divine power of God to crush the enemy, to crush the strongholds in your life. Church, that is the best news I can give you today. Divine power. You, you don't have to stay at the same place and go, well, I, I just want to live there. I want to stay there. You do not. You aim it at the enemy. You don't allow these points that I covered, the 15 darts of the enemy, to bring entrance into your life. If you do, you're, you're going to lose. In Psalm 280, says, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth, your possession. All through Holy Scripture, God's constantly asking you and me, Ask of me. Ask me to fill you with my spirit. Ask me to fill you with my word. Ask me for the nations, and I'll give them to you. On and on, God is so faithful. If we'll ask. He'll give us a spiritual war uh, equipment. He'll give us the armor of God if we ask him in faith. And feel this in laying acts to the roots of the lie. There are some lies that some of us have built up and we uh, tether to them. We connect and believe they're truth. And it's a lie. So test your theology. Test your convictions and see if they be truth or a lie. Test what I say every Sunday morning against Holy Scripture. Uh, test... Go to the root, ask the root, let it crush the root system in your life. Does it align with the word of God? Cast down the lies that somehow have come on and then begin to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with power and with wisdom and with revelation. I want to do this. This is so fun. We're all going to do this. You're going to feel like you're in children's church or something when we were raising kids up in that. Now we do a cool thing called kids crew, but children's church. I want everybody to get your hands. Everybody, come on. Everybody get your hands out here. All of you. Come on. Big guys, little guys. This is so fun. This is going to be fun. Come on. Got them. I'm seeing many of you. Some of you. Some of you ain't figured. There you go. You're doing a good job, son. Okay. Everybody get your hands out here. Okay. Once you get your hand, I want you to put them on your head like this. Just hold them there. Oh, you look ridiculous. But I just, I want you, hold them. Hold them. I just want you to look around. Look at each other. Don't we look sweet? I wish somebody would take a picture right now. Okay. Put on the helmet of salvation. Just kind of pat your head. Hey, keep your hands up there. Put, just put your hand up there. Yeah, your helmet of salvation. Okay. Then I want you to take your hands and I want you to move them down to your chest. Now put on the breastplate of righteousness. That's the goodness. That's the, the purity. That's the truth of Jesus. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now I want you to go a little bit lower. Put on the belt of truth. Oops, somebody said, oh, I forgot my belt. Okay, that's okay. Just hang in here. It's spiritual. Put on the belt of truth. That's the truth of God's word. Put on the belt of truth. Now, I want you to lean over in your chair and touch your shoes. Now, put on the shoes of the gospel, the preparation of peace. Oh, God, I like the shoes of gospel. That's really good. Now, I want you to sit back up in your chair. I want you to take your left hand. I want you to hold it up. That's the shield of faith. Wave it at everybody. Wave it. Yeah, let's wave them good. That's the shield of faith. That's to extinguish the darts of the evil one. Now, let's take our right hand. That's the offense. That's the sword of the spirit. That's the offensive. That's the word of God. We got the word. Wave your right arm. There you go. Come on. 
Man, y'all look funny. I love this. You know what I just taught you? Taught you a new song. Hey, hit it. No, no, here it is. I just got you to put on the armor of God. I've been doing this for over three decades. And sometimes I leave the house naked. Spiritually. It'd be scary if I did that. But you know what I do? I usually get on my knees by my bed or I get by the chair and I do this. But there's some mornings when I'm running really crazy and I'll be in the car. But I can't hardly get out the driveway. I promise you, I don't get past the uh, Vaughn Road intersection. And I start doing this little thing. And I start, Lord, I put on my helmet and I start patting my head. And people right over and they go, looking at me, crazy. Put on my helmet. And then, Lord, press blood of righteousness. Oh, Lord, I need the belt of truth and the shoes of the gospel. I want to carry the gospel today, Jesus. And then I start waving that hand. Lord, shield of the faith. And then they know I'm crazy if they're riding and looking. And then I go, God, and I get the sword of the spirit. Now I get fired up and I drive off the road at that point. But it's a cool thing. I'm just trying to instruct y'all, don't leave home naked. Okay? You're saying, that's it? Let's close in prayer. Okay, good work. No, I'm not finished yet. That's just getting you started. So we, we put on this armor and we go, God, I want to do it. So here it is. Number one, write it in the blank here. The full armor, the helmet of salvation. We take the helmet. The helmet is handed down from God Almighty himself. And you know that God's an Auburn fan. That's okay. Don't, don't mess with my theology. Don't send me emails. I think he's a Trojan fan too. Okay? But here it is. I know if this is a University of Alabama national champion, y'all be like, oh, praise God, the anointing's in the room. Okay, but here it is. But you, you put the helmet on. Well, that, my head's a little big. But you, you, you put this helmet on to protect yourself. Now, today, the Super Bowl's going to be played. And let me tell you, when the, when the Colts and the Saints are playing, today, invariably, and I hope it happens, let's pray in Jesus' name, may it happen. Will you agree with me? You, know what I'm, you should never agree with somebody when you know what he's going to say. Y'all go, yeah, Pastor, if you said we agree in Jesus, okay. Today, somebody's going to take a lick, boom, and that helmet's going to go flying off across the field. And that brother's going to get up and go, I don't need no helmet. I'm going to play. No, he won't. He'll run over there, and they'll give the helmet to him. But here's the dumbest thing NFL players in college do. They got pads and muscles hanging out of their earlobes, and they stand here like this. And they get in a, in a brawl, and every once in a while, one of them goes stupid. He, he does. It, he takes his helmet off and he wants to fight. And the other guy leaves the helmet on. That guy's got more sense than the other one. You know what I'm saying? But today, let's all agree that we hope one helmet goes flying off the field. And you go, there it is. Put your helmet back on, dude. Don't be naked. Put it on. But then I want you to draw the spiritual conclusion. God, I need to put that helmet of salvation on. Because you know what the helmet does? It protects you and I from the fatal blows of the enemy. It renews our mind. It keeps our mind fresh. It keeps our mind thinking the things of God. So, Lord, we want to have the mind of Christ. Lord, we want to be renewed. We want to be protected. Lord, those flaming arrows come. Those, those bad thoughts come. Oh, God, protect my mind. Lord, keep me fixed on you. God, I don't want to doubt. Here it is. Doubt comes. Oh, God, protect me from doubting. Give me the helmet of salvation. I'd write it beside the helmet of salvation. This is the helmet of hope. Jesus is hope. The second one, the breastplate of righteousness. You put on this breastplate of righteousness, and, and that's the forerunner to the bulletproof vest. You know, the law enforcement people, they wear this bulletproof vest and they want to be protective. And, and my favorite show is 24. I know Jack Bauer wears the bulletproof vest. You know what I'm saying? 
And you put on that vest and you're protected. And I want you to put on that breastplate of Jesus and of righteousness. And you're secure in Christ. And you're covered by the blood of Christ. And he just begins to protect you. And he begins to bless you. And you've been made right. And Jesus says, and if you do this and you put on my righteousness, now you're holy and you're blameless in my sight. And then the next one is you, you put on the girdle of truth. Now, i got to tell you, I'm having a hard time with this girdle thing. My Bible says the belt of truth. Hallelujah. I wore a girdle, they said, in football because we had to wear these football girdles. So I was like, I ain't wearing no girdle. That's for a girl, you know. But anyway, whether you've got a girdle or not, the girdle, the belt, you put on the belt of truth. In those days, it was about six inches wide. It was made of leather or metal, and it held all the other pieces of armor into place. And when the devil comes to deceive, when the devil comes to distort, uh, truth just fixes you. One time there was a flight attendant, and you, you know how they are. They, they like for everybody to be in their seatbelt. And she walked down the aisle. She looked at this gentleman. He was sitting there, and he didn't have a seatbelt on. And she said, excuse me, sir, you're going to have to put on that seatbelt. Please put on that seatbelt quickly. He looked at her. He said, hey, let me tell you something. Superman don't need no seatbelt. She thought she'd pretty quick. She looked back. She goes, hey, Superman don't need no airplane either. Put it on. His name, his name was Muhammad Ali. But, you know, we know how sharp he was anyway. But the bottom line is, put on your belt of truth. Fasten your life to the truth of God's word. God, I fasten the truth. God, I can withstand the enemy. I can overcome the battle. In John 17, 17, Jesus said, you will be sanctified by the truth. Sanctified is just a big word. It just means set apart. Jesus said, you will be set apart for my purposes by my truth that dwells in you. So we, we, uh, we fight deception because we see that. Then, then we, uh, uh, the next one, so the girdle of truth and then the shoes of the gospel. You put on those shoes every day. Hopefully you put on your shoes. Some of you don't. You put on flip-flops or whatever, but you put on shoes. And as you put on those shoes, it symbolizes readiness. You're prepared. There's been a preparation. You're ready to carry the gospel. Um, you're ready to go and to invade the enemy's territory. You're ready to take turf for Christ. And the two reasons that the Romans conquered the world, or that they conquered in their season, was number one, they had a calendar. They, they were good planners. They, they knew the power of a calendar. And the second was they had good shoes. They went from the sandals to shoes, and these shoes had like uh, studded posts. They had cleats, and those cleats would dig into the ground so that when they were fighting, they could stand firm and they weren't sliding. That's what it is to walk with Christ. We take our stand, and we take a firm stand, and we dig in into the gospel. Amen? Lord, help us be prepared with the readiness. You see, it's the fullness of the gospel. A lot of people just go, well, I know the gospel. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me. So Jesus died for me. That's true. That's part of it. The gospel is this book, church. The gospel is a full gospel. The gospel is the fullness of Jesus Christ. That's why I teach the whole counsel of God. And the body of Christ said, amen. You got to put it on. And then he says, now, I want you to take that left hand. And I want you to take up the shield of faith. I want you to deflect the blows from the enemy. And when he, he shoots those missiles, when he, when he comes after you, I want you to realize that you can be invincible and you can overcome because those, that shield will take those flaming arrows and they just bounce off. They just deflect. And I'll assure you already today and this afternoon and this week, you'll have to use that shield of faith and resist temptations and you'll have to completely believe and rely on the promises of God. Would you, would you just write that down with me real quick that you, there's a complete reliance on him. You rely on God. You rely on Jesus Christ. You rely with this shield. And then, then you pull up this right hand and you pull it up the sword of the spirit. And that's the, that's the offense. Let's take our Bibles if we brought them and let's hold them up. Let's hold up the Bibles. 
This is, this is a great sight. I love when we hold the word up. Hold, hold it up. A lot of you didn't even bring it. Man, what are you doing? You come to church, bring it. And see, look here. You hold up. There it is, man. You take up the word of God. And you're over. You, you can put it back down. Okay. Somebody's like, man, I'm getting tired, man. It's aerobic exercise, you know. And, uh, but here it is. You, you take it up. And you say, God, I want to pray the word. I want to believe the word. I want the word to fill my soul. I, I want to trust you. I want to, I want to stand firm, God, because I know the scripture. And the scripture embeds me. The scripture fills me. The scripture controls me. Jesus Christ put it this way. He was tempted in the wilderness. And the Bible says that Jesus overcame Satan by the word. And if Jesus overcomes the devil by the word, how much more would you and me need the word of God? There's a stronghold. There's a, an offense. There's something going on, and we need the word. And God just says, I want you to begin to take it on. I want you to use it. I want you to apply it. I want you to study it. I want you to memorize it. I want you to be word-centric. I want you to get after it. I want you to talk out loud to me. I want you to talk the word. I want you to speak it. I want you to look at verse 19 quickly. Here's verse 19. So he gives us a spiritual armor, and then he says, Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given so that I may, or that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. So he says, pray, pray these bold prayers. And I just want to encourage you. I've already got you to be a lunatic this morning because you're going to be riding down the road tomorrow. You're going to forget and somebody's going to start putting your armor on. And it's going to be a real treat because some of you are going to be putting makeup on too and holding a cell phone. Now I'm putting armor on. So God help us. But the bottom line is put it on. But then I want you to do something really powerful. I want you to talk out loud to God. Not in public places. But I, I just want you to I just want you to talk. God, I love you. You're the hope of my life. You're the strong tower. You're my constant refuge. And you just begin to quote the word of God. It just builds up the spirit, man. God loves his word. It's eternal. So this morning, the last blank would simply be this. As a Christ follower, don't retreat, but advance in your faith. So this morning, I've tried to give you a very practical word of putting on the armor and getting prepared for the battle at hand. And there's a battle. Oh, it's fierce. But thanks be to God who gives you and me the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says this battle is the Lord's. It is the Lord God who works in you. He says be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power as we opened Ephesians. Great is he. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Yes, even our faith will overcome. Let's pray. Father, in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, I offer myself and we offer ourselves to you. And Lord, we need you to come. Come, Holy Spirit, in power and impact and convict and draw us to the throne of grace. Lord, I pray that today by the Spirit of Christ, many would be convinced and even a creative, fun way today to never leave home naked again, but to begin to put on the armor for the battle at hand. And I pray that we would hide your word in our hearts that we wouldn't sin against you. I pray we would be victorious in Christ, that we would have our thinking solid and protected and we'd have the mind of Christ. I pray that we would have that breastplate that we rest completely in the blood of Christ, that we're clothed in his righteousness. And though even though we be accused, it be a lie and it would bounce off. 
May we know the truth of the gospel that we know the word and we believe the word and we activate the word. And then somehow we walk and have our being and we walk on campuses and in workplaces and in marketplaces and in our homes and we walk prepared for Jesus. Oh God, thank you for that shield. We hold it in faith. You are the God of Jacob. You're the God of Moses. You're the God of David. You're the God of Stephen. You're the God of Paul. God, you're my God. I pray that everybody here today could say, you're my God. If they can't, I pray they would cry out to Jesus right now and say, Jesus, save me where I sit. Come into my heart and invade me today, Lord Jesus. Invade my life and become my Savior and Lord. Cleanse me by your blood. Cover me by your blood and righteousness and make me your child. And from this day forward, I'll put on my armor and I'll walk with you. The side crosses will be open if you want to slide over there quickly. I'm just going to ask some elders to get over to the crosses. I, I just sense a spirit of conviction that some people possibly need to talk to somebody. Or maybe you could come down front. I, I don't care where you come. I just pray that you would begin to move spiritually as God leads. But he's a great God. Thank you, Father, for this word. In Jesus' name.